Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason with you here inside our San Francisco studios and brought to you by Realtor.com. Warriors lose tonight in Miami. The Heat beat the Dubs 122-105, to game one of the Warriors' five-game road trip, all against Eastern Conference opponents, and the Warriors fall now to 4-16 and on the season. Whitey, uh, the first quarter, a problem for the Warriors in this one is uh, they were outscored by the Heat 41-21 uh, as uh, the Warriors did bounce back. They, they played Chipped well away. in the Chipped second and bit. third quarters, but really it was the first quarter they could never overcome tonight. Uh, being down by 20 at the end of one. If these losses this year are lessons, we know that this year is about the future, right, for the Warriors. You want to win a lot of games, you're probably not going to, so you're trying to make sure that your young players develop and that they learn about the NBA and learn how to win. So if these losses to better teams are lessons, what what would be the subject of tonight's lesson? To me, ironically, uh, I have two. One would be strength in numbers, which, of course, has been the Warriors' mantra for years because Miami tonight, they had six players score 15 or more points. Six players score 15 or more. Butler had 16, Duncan Robinson 17, Kendrick Nunn 15, Dragic had 20, Tyler Hero 19, and Olenek had 15. The other lesson, of course, would be uh, keep striving, and Jordan Poole tonight, who's been struggling mightily to the point that – uh, who are we talking? Anthony Slater today yeah. told us that, you know, when, when Jacob Evans comes back, it might be time to send uh, Jordan Poole to the G League because he's overmatched right now, and he certainly looked like it. But tonight he scored 20 points, knocking down five out of six threes because he uh, has kept striving. So that's a real positive for the Warriors tonight. And I still think Jordan Poole is probably going to find himself in a position where he does get sent down unless he can continue to string some games together here over the course of, let's say, the next month or so. But the Warriors just don't have a choice but to have him on the roster. I mean, they have nine players. It sounds like maybe there's some good news as it pertains to Kevon Looney for Monday's game uh, against Atlanta. The Warriors, of course, going to be in Miami uh, for tonight and tomorrow, head to Orlando. They'll take on the Magic on Sunday. Maybe could get Kevon Looney back as soon as Monday, so that would be a 10th player, but another big, so that doesn't really help you as far as uh, the guard line goes. And, and, and Jordan Poole still somebody that, that right now, with only he and Kai Bowman as the backup guards, he's got to play. So to see him knock down his first four three-pointers, and wind up five of six. It, 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 you could say tonight was the best game of Jordan Poole's career. Really, the first 20 here, it's either, if it's not tonight, it's the game against San Antonio going back to November 1st. Also scored 20, sure. Uh, so either way, it's good to see Jordan Poole stick with it and, and see some shots go on the basket. Yeah, the reason why tonight was so important for him, and there's a long ways to go, as Steve Kerr said. He's got a long ways to go. He had a nice game. But you could really see it tonight. You know, as much as we and fans have been talking about, boy, Jordan Poole struggling, you could see tonight that the league realizes it too. He was getting some wide-open looks. You could see that the Miami Heat basically was saying, go ahead, kid, you can't make that shot. So 
at that point, you have to start making it. Uh, and, of course, the fear would be then it really can ruin your confidence when other teams are basically giving you an open three-point shot, but he knocked them down tonight. So a huge positive for the Warriors on a night in which they fell to a really good team. Yeah, the Heat are pretty good. Yep. Undefeated at home yep. now, 8-0. and and, and this is the, the, the kind of team that you know, I had high in the Eastern Conference rankings. Had I, had, higher than I, did. I had them as a top four team with Jimmy Butler and a, and a lot of depth, and they're doing things a little bit differently, knocking down the three ball, which is something that you know they hadn't done in the the recent past. Uh, and they're they're a team that you know could they go to the NBA Finals? Eh, I'm not sure, but uh, a pretty good team nevertheless in the Eastern Conference. Which uh, you know, I, I think it's probably four or five deep in terms of uh, teams that really. You know, I'd put them with Toronto, maybe Milwaukee, Boston, and, and Philadelphia as a, a, a group at the top, and then you draw a line, and it's kind of everybody else after that for me. Do you think Miami, in order to break through to the next level to be a legitimate finals contender, would they need to add at least one more superstar? I, I think that's the goal, but that's I think kind of the common school of thought. They're almost a good team trying to do what the Clippers did, I think, a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. Only maybe you know they got one of the guys in Butler, but I think they're trying to just accumulate a lot of depth, and then maybe they could take away from some of that depth and young pieces in an attempt to maybe get another star to come play with Jimmy Butler, and then you still have a really good team around those two. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor dot com. The home of Home Search, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here uh, at 95.7 The Game. As the Warriors lose tonight, the Heat beat the Dubs 122-105 to as Golden State now uh, all of a sudden... Four and sixteen, Whitey, Ooh. but we are twenty games in. Yeah, all of a sudden, I mean, basically a quarter of the way through the season, uh, you know, plus or minus two games, uh, obviously. But it's you know, you if you look at it in blocks of twenty, as far as your four quarters go, and you got two left over after that. This this season is almost twenty five percent done. Flying by two strange aspects to this season so far. One, of course, is that the Warriors are four and sixteen. The other is that they're four and sixteen, and all things considered. Everything seems to be in pretty good shape. Morale is good. There's nobody talking about the sky is falling because they feel as an organization that they're so well positioned to bounce back into contention next year. But when's the last time you saw a 4-16 and 16 team feeling as good about itself and its short-term and long-term futures as this team? I don't know if we've ever seen that. No, and it, it, it does speak to a big key for the Warriors this season, which is try and keep that championship culture alive. And I think if you have – you know, players that, that in this environment can, you know, come in and compete and grow and, and, and get better. And it's not just guys like Eric Paschal and Jordan Poole, but but even uh, an undrafted player like Kai Bowman or veteran players such as Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks, if those guys can come in and carve out a niche for themselves to where they're in a better position as far as their career goes than when they joined the Warriors, I, I think that goes to keeping the culture alive even without guys like Stephen Curry and, and Draymond Green and, and Clay Thompson uh, still being in the fold. One of the most interesting subplots right now is what are the Warriors going to do to keep Kai Bowman on the roster? Although he he's only two for nine tonight. But you've got veterans who presumably could be traded in order to create a roster spot, right? So it seems to me that if you're one of those veterans, you're trying to prove that you shouldn't trade me well, tonight it was a rough night for GR3. Glenn Robinson the third didn't make a shot. Uh, Alec Burks is another uh, 
possibility to be traded to create that roster spot. He continues to play well at 16 uh, tonight. But uh, tonight, Anthony Slater talking to us in the pregame mentioned, you know, Willie Colley-Stein might be a guy at some point that um, they're going to move here, especially if Looney comes back and and, uh, plays well. But Willie Colley-Stein tonight also, he had good numbers. He had 14 points on 10 shots, and he also had six rebounds. He did foul out. So Jordan Poole and Willie Colley-Stein, the two Warriors who've had the most to prove of late, both of them put up pretty good numbers tonight. Jordan Poole put up excellent numbers. Yeah, and, and you wanted to see that from Jordan Poole, the 20-point night. Uh, if anything, it was Jordan Poole having kind of the Glenn Robinson night and Glenn Robinson kind of having the night that Jordan Poole's had at this point. So it, it, it offsets, and uh, you know you add it all up, and the Warriors wind up losing uh, in this one as the Heat led from start to finish, 122-105 to the final. Uh, the Warriors did play pretty well, though, in quarters number two and three. The game got out of hand in the fourth quarter as the Warriors fell behind by as many as 29 before chipping it down uh, in the final five, six minutes to uh, what would wind up being a 17-point difference. But uh, the first quarters, uh, Whitey, first quarters have been a problem for this Warriors team following wins. We this had is our... an incredible stat, and I know you sniffed this out, and Ryan helped you. This is an amazing number you guys stumbled across. Yeah, our guy Ryan Mouser here, uh, producer of uh, Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Uh, we were throwing it around here as we were watching the game, and, boy, it was ugly first quarter. Warriors down 41-21 at the end of the first, and I go, boy, you know, after the – some of these wins that the Warriors have had the next game after, the first quarters are pretty ugly. So the so, game after a win, the first quarter of that game after a win. Yeah, check this out. Uh, so the, the Warriors got their first win back uh, at the end of October, October the 28th uh, against the Pelicans. Uh, their next game was a chase center against the Suns, and that was the night that everybody wants to forget that Stephen Curry went down and, and broke his his hand, and he's going to be out uh, until the springtime. Phoenix was up 43-14 to 14 at the end of that first quarter. So after a win, 43-14, to 14, Suns right, at the end That's just one, one game. I, you don't have any kind of trend yet. That's just one game. Uh, the, the Warriors, uh, in after their second win, played the Houston Rockets. They beat the Blazers back yes. in, in early November uh, on a Monday night. Uh, they went and played Houston and, and trailed 30-29 to 29 at the end of the okay. first quarter. Well, that's not too bad. Nothing much going on there. That's, in fact, uh, that's probably good against the Rockets. Okay. The Warriors' third win of the year was against Memphis going mm-hmm. back uh, the early part of last week. And then they played Dallas after Ooh. that, second of a back-to-back. It was 44-16 to 16 Mavs ah, yeah, yeah, mama. at the end of the first <laughs> quarter. And then the Warriors... The night before Thanksgiving, two nights ago on Wednesday, they beat Chicago, and tonight it was 41-21 Miami at the end of the first quarter. So uh, if you add up all four of those, Whitey, the Warriors in first quarters of the following game after a win, they're being outscored 158-80. to Wow. They're getting doubled up? They're getting doubled up in first quarters following a win. So I don't know what it means. May mean nothing, may mean everything, but the Warriors haven't exactly handled success too well as far as carrying it forward to the next game. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Um you have any explanation whatsoever? Young team Young team full I think of itself. I, no, I don't even think it's getting full. I just think it's maybe relaxing a little bit. Okay. I think it's maybe just so that to me that's kind of because the same thing. Wins are I, wins yeah. are so hard to wins are, are gonna be so hard to come by, and I think the Warriors have had to work so hard for their wins that I think that next game there's a little bit of a oh, okay. 
We just go out and play now, and yeah. then teams are really putting it Especially on. Especially when you have a small roster. Takes yeah. an awful lot out of you. And, and look, they're playing some pretty good teams. Uh, you know, Phoenix is clearly better than expected. I don't know that Phoenix is a good team. They're a game under 500, but they're a team that in the early going of the season has been much better than anyone would have expected them to be. They're losing tonight right now uh, at home to the Mavs. Uh, and the Mavs are, are maybe the surprise team in the Western Conference on the positive end of things. They come in at 11-5 and five, uh, tonight, and Luka Doncic is playing terrific basketball, and he, he lit the Warriors up in that ball game as well. And, and look, Miami is, is one of, uh, maybe not a surprise team, but they're, they're playing very well in the Eastern Conference, undefeated, uh, a lot of uh, shooting that hasn't been there in the past. They're 13 and, and 5. I think that's what it says is that when the Warriors play a really good team, they tend to get the doors blown off in the first quarter. Yeah. So. Whether they've won the last game or not. But that mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. Yeah, just you know, one of those things. Uh, some food for thought. Not, not sure uh, exactly what it means, uh, if anything at all, but it has been a fact. Something for you to send your analytics department and they'll look at it, right? Yeah, the JD Lytics. Yeah. JD Lytics. Right. Yeah. It's. But, you know, they'll they'll put it through the iPads and throw it back to me. I'll be interested to see what happens in the first quarter of the next game following a win, and perhaps that next win will be coming this weekend. Yeah, the Warriors going to Orlando. Uh, I think they've been one of the more disappointing teams, 7-11 and 11 at this point. Uh, they lost to the Raptors tonight. Uh, Atlanta, a beatable squad. Atlanta wound up uh, being uh, – had a huge lead tonight in Indiana – yeah, you and had given the Pacers what the uh, lackluster effort. They of, were down 18 or yeah, 20 at yeah. home in the second quarter. I called it the gutless <laughs> effort what, okay, of the yeah, night award. Yeah, right. Uh, down big to Atlanta at home. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, they wound up rallying to actually have a, a lead in the second half. The game went to overtime, and the Pacers wind up beating the Hawks tonight, 105-104. Atlanta now 4-15. and Atlanta's putting themselves... Uh, in the mix right now among the teams that are going to be battling for the top pick in the draft with the Warriors. You start looking at those reverse standings, Whitey, and you've got Atlanta 4-15. and 15. You've got the Knicks at 4-14. Four and 14. You've got uh, the Warriors now at 4-16. and 16. Uh, So, yeah, uh, a, a lot going on there. And it's the bottom three, right, that share the best shot at landing the top pick? Yeah, the Knicks actually had a, a big lead early. They wound up losing to Philly, so they have joined Atlanta at 4-15. and 15. The Warriors now 4-16 and 16 with their loss uh, in the ballgame tonight. 888-957-9570, 888 If you want to weigh in on this one, it's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors Wrap-Up. We're brought to you by Realtor.com. The home of home search. Uh, we got Whitey's pluses and minuses Yay. coming up here uh, momentarily. We're also going to hear from Jordan Poole and from Amari Spellman following the Warriors' one twenty-two to one hundred five defeat in South Florida against the Heat. Whitey, we got a couple of minutes here. Uh, let's get to the uh, pluses and minuses. All right, uh, and you're going to score these for us. I'm going right? to assign a plus or minus value to some things that you viewed positively or negatively warriors getting pushed around on the backboards tonight 48 to 30 yeah that's that's a minus 18 that's that's your stock minus 18 and no real surprise miami's a very good defensive rebounding team yes very 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 good and again size at times for the warriors is an issue as you've alluded to many many times all right the warriors hey they battled back after a tough start they pulled within six in the third quarter after uh trailing by 20 after the first quarter i'm gonna give that a plus four 
<laughs> That's nice. Yeah, that'll work. I'm going to give it a plus four because you can only get the uh, you can only get the aggregate of those two quarters, and 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 that's you know one thing. Uh, the Warriors did outscore the Heat 37-30 in the second. The Heat did outscore the Warriors 21 or 24-21 in the third. So that is you get the plus seven, but it's a minus three, so a plus four overall. The one thing, and, and this has been you know even games where the Warriors have played well and had chances to win. And I remember, I know we didn't do the post game together the other night against Chicago at, at Chase Center. But one thing that, you know, even when the Warriors are playing well, you look up and go, "Oh my goodness, they're they're only up six, they're only up eight, they're only up four. It's like, and I and at one point Wednesday, I thought, "Boy, the Warriors are playing pretty well, and Chicago's terrible." And it was a six point lead for the Warriors. And I'm thinking, man, even against Chicago at home, when you're playing pretty well. You just can't get separation. And the separation came down the stretch, but it just, you know, the Boston game, it was like, wow, the Warriors are playing pretty well. Boston stinks, and the, and the Warriors just couldn't get more than, like, four points ahead of them. Right. You thought, boy, one little run, and the Celtics are going to be able to bring it home, and it's exactly what happened. Only nine turnovers tonight against a team that forces 17-and-a-half a game. Yeah, I'm going to give that a uh, – yeah, I'm going to give it a – Plus five. Plus five? All right. I'll give that a plus five. I think five. you're a little stingy there. I think, the, I think that's a, worth at least a plus eight, but okay. And I'm not sure that – I'm not sure – I'm going to – I think the Heat, little little foot off the gas in terms of the, the ball pressure and the defensive intensity. Uh, GR3, shooting woes tonight. Uh, he was 0 for 10. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually going to call it even. Really? Yeah, I'm just going to give it even. I'm going to call it even because GR3 flabbergasted. GR3's been pretty darn good overall, and it's offset by Jordan Poole. So I'm just going to call that that's going to be level. All right. Finally, of course, Jordan Poole scored 20 points, and Jordan Poole made five of six three pointers tonight. Plus 15. One for each three pointer. I'm giving him a. I'm giving him a three for each of those threes. That's tremendous. So yeah, Jordan Poole gets a plus fifteen. We'll see if he can follow up because it was after he scored twenty against the Spurs that his shooting numbers really collapsed. So we'll see how he responds against the Magic on Sunday. L- let's go uh, to Greg in San Francisco here. Greg, you were on Warriors wrap up uh, on ninety five seven. The game as the calls come in here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Hey, Greg. Hey, uh, thank you guys, J.D. and, and company here, uh, Whitey. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying I've been a Warriors fan for quite a few years. Took kids to a lot of games back in the day. But anyway, I just think when Russell and Curry both get back and Curry at the end of the year, that, that needs to be your starting backcourt going into next year. You know, Poole, yeah, maybe good enough to come off the bench, but and then what other pieces they can put together. I, I, I still like a couple of them pieces, but – of course, they're going to need to do a little bit good in the off season, but I really, honestly, they can't afford to, to lose Russell. They they put too much stock in him, so I just totally think that should be your starting backcourt. Put Clay at the three and take it from there. Thanks, Greg. I, I mean, I think the Warriors would probably do that at this point if if Russell's going to be around. And the big question is: Is Russell going to be around for this Warriors team? Maybe not the end of this season, but is he going to be around? you know, October of next year when the Warriors are tipping things off. Appreciate Greg's call. Uh, I, To me, Russell just still is not a good fit with this team. Nothing against him. I don't see him as a good fit uh, as a backcourt mate to, to Steph Curry. And I think next year, in a perfect world, coming off the bench um, for you in the backcourt is uh, hopefully Anthony Edwards. Wow. Just like that. Yeah. 
And then, of course, that's Con- the guy I want with the first pick. Uh, I know we'll talk more about that tomorrow, and, but that's who I want. Yeah, with the first and pick. Connor Letourneau of the Chronicle, and in, in his mailbag, wrote uh, weekly mailbag responding to a question. He wrote, you know, that, that from what he's been told, the Warriors, if they get the number one pick, or even if they get a top five pick, you know, what he's been told, he thinks they're likely to keep it. So, what do you think of? Uh, and like I say, I appreciate Greg's call. Russell and Curry is a backcourt. Don't love it. Don't love it. I can get in a little more depth on that, uh, but we're a little we're a little overdue to burn a, a timeout. So, Mike in Daly City, hang on the line. We'll get to you coming up. More phone calls at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Call the game coming up as well as the Warriors lose to the Heat tonight, one twenty two to one hundred five. You heard it right here at ninety five seven. The game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you at 888-957-9570. Warriors lose to the Heat, 122-105. to The final, Warriors were down 20 at the end of the first quarter. Whitey, they actually whittled it down to six in the yeah. third quarter. It was 72-66 to before the Heat ramped it back up in the fourth all the way to 29. Warriors wind up losing by 17. You're preaching to the choir, brother. I thought that was more of a positive than you did. By the way, I mentioned Miami strength in numbers. They had six guys score 15 or more. The Warriors, for their part, they did have uh, six guys in double figures tonight. My fear is that when D'Angelo Russell comes back, and he's a fine player and he was an all-star, I know that, but the the democratic style that the Warriors have adopted um, I, I, it's going to be difficult to continue that when D'Angelo Russell comes back because he's a fine player, but he's just very ball dominant. Well, the thing that you've seen when they've had Russell is they've had to figure out they've, they've had to figure out a certain way they have to play with him, and then when he's gone out a couple of times, they've had to adjust to figuring out a, a different way to play without him. And they've been competitive both ways, but it seems like every time it's happened, it's taken them a couple of games to where it, where it's ugly. I think that. When you have a young team and this year's about development, I think the style they're playing now is actually more conducive to that. Take, for example, Marquise Chris. Remember for a while there, when D'Angelo Russell was running things, Marquise Chris disappeared because their styles really didn't mesh. Yeah, but it, it's a tricky problem because at this point, when D'Angelo Russell's healthy, he's their best player. Absolutely. I know. It's very tricky. Uh, let's go to Mike in Daly City. Mike is joining us here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you doing? Good. A couple of quick uh, rules questions, but first I did want to comment on the D'Angelo Russell discussion. This goes back to me to the Monte Ellis days. You know, if they can pull something off where they got Bogut, you know, some kind of big man and another player for him, that would be what the Warriors need. You know, at some point, either yeah. trade that yeah. line. I, yeah, I think that's – that's kind of where I'm thinking. I, I, I tend to view his value more as two players that he could bring back as opposed to being a part of a core that's going to try and contend in the playoffs next year. That That's just the way I look at it. And nothing against him, and it's probably the best thing for his career, Mike, as well, to go somewhere else and kind of be a, a lead guy when the Warriors have everybody else back. Mike, let me ask you this. I know you had another point you wanted to get to. What if it's not a big – what if it's we, – we believe we know Minnesota has had some interest – what if it was Covington and maybe another piece, not necessarily a big? Would you still be on board with making that move? Yes, just yeah. to get defense in general would be better too. 
Gotcha. I agree. Uh, what else did you want to say here, Mike? So I had a quick question on the roster because I noticed several teams around the league are playing with eight, nine, maybe ten. Is it not because of the salary cap? Can't they just sign like a couple of ten-day contracts, do something to prevent these guys from getting worn out? Yeah, 10-day contracts, and thanks, Mike. We appreciate the call. You can't sign 10-day contracts until after that. That It's the same day that contracts become guaranteed, so it's that date in early January where you can start adding players to 10-day contracts. It's so, a good question. It's a common question. They it's can't just a combination do that. of hard-capped and, and just the, a, a rash of injuries. And the Warriors are hard-capped to a point right now where they actually can't sign even another minimum-level player for the remainder of the season. Yeah, it's an odd combination of circumstances. Yeah, so they just have to they have to ride it out. There's there's nothing that they can do injury exception-wise or, or or anything else. They they have would have to literally free up money somewhere if they were to attempt to sign another player uh for the remainder of the season, which you know, you could sign a guy to a couple of 10 days and then bring him in for the rest of the year, but the Warriors would have to take someone away. Uh, at that point to to add anybody else to the mix, which is why we've had that conversation about Kai Bowman and Marquise Chris, who is the lone Warriors player on a non-guaranteed contract at this point. Right, yeah. A lot of people assume, hey, they've got a G League team. That's why you have that. They can bring somebody up. But they got Kai Bowman they love to bring up, and they have to create a roster space just to be able to do that. So they've got a little conundrum there. And and the Warriors with – with what fourteen players as well, like they, you can have as many as fifteen, and then have a couple of two-way guys. But the Warriors are—they've kept the spot open because they, of what we were talking about, not enough money to even have the fifteenth guy. Yeah, uh, at this particular point in time, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap up on ninety-five-seven. The game. We're going to go ahead and hear from Jordan Poole, but go ahead, Whitey. One quick point you wanted to oh, make. Just a question. Speaking of the roster, understand Smilagic is playing in Santa Cruz. So, what kind of flexibility would they have with him? Yeah, well, he's already signed, and yeah, so Smilagic is signed, and he's yeah. got a spot. It's just yeah. a matter of you know when do you want to work him back into the fold, and I think they want to give him a little bit of seasoning and try and grow and get comfortable with his game uh, at the G League level before bringing him up. So Same with Looney, right? I mean, they're going to bring him back, but he's already his spot is already there yeah. waiting for and him. And I, I think what they're thinking with Smilagich is you get him a couple of games under his belt with Santa Cruz, and then the Warriors come back home off of this five-game road trip, and then he becomes somebody when the Warriors are at home, and they're going to be at home a lot at the end of December, uh, he becomes somebody that you can shuffle up and down uh, depending upon the day or if you have a couple of injuries or you end up making a trade, and, and he could be uh, another big man in the mix. Uh, let's go ahead and hear from uh, the man of the evening. It was Jordan Poole uh, equaling his career high uh, with 20 points, uh, 5 of 10 shooting. He was 5 of 6 from 3, continues to shoot it well from the free throw line, and he met with reporters in South Florida after the game. Good to get some shots going in right now. Yeah, it does. Did it feel like anything changed for you tonight, or was it just balling in the hoop? What's this kind of early season been like, dude? I mean, basically playing like there or something tonight, it's kind of so many people in and out of the lineup. Uh, it's been fun. Being able to play is fun. And as much as I'm playing as a rookie, it's a lot of people don't get the opportunity, so I'm just you know, trying to take advantage of it. Stage. You're on a big stage. You're one of so many NBA players. How do you keep that at the center of everything you want to do as you start your career? 
This is not life or death. There's really people out there really battling life or death. It's not that. So you get paid to play basketball. This is an activity, a hobby. I mean, it's fun. The same thing I've been doing to get me here. They just went in today. The entire time. Shout out Chris. Disclosed information. Uh, if I'm open, I'll shoot it. Uh, I mean, I shoot to make it. And if it's not there, I try to make the right play. I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking at it when I play. And I think for the most part, Jordan Poole has shown an ability to try and make the right play when he hasn't taken shots. The the issue for him has just been that the shots, aside from a couple of games, haven't been falling at the at the rate that you want to see that that was the case tonight though they were going in tonight five of six from three right and I know a lot of people have pointed out that hey when the shot's not falling you got to take the ball to the basket because he's an excellent foul shooter and that all makes sense but the problem there is the fact that to this point he has not been a very good finisher so if he gets to the basket and he's not fouled he's had trouble converting um, I could understand, you know, he struggled mightily. This was a huge night for him, and maybe he's just not real um, happy talking about it. But some of the things he said there, yeah, he said this is not life or death. Absolutely right. But he said it's an activity. It's a hobby. No, it's not anymore. And I'm sure he knows that. But <laughs> for professional basketball players, basketball is no longer a hobby. Yeah. yeah I'll give the benefit of the doubt we'll give there. give the benefit of the doubt there. I hope there, he but, doesn't say that but anymore. But that, that's one of those things that, you know, like you say, you hear it once, you give a guy a benefit of the doubt, you hear a few more things like that, and it becomes akin to some of the things that we've referenced that Willie Cauley-Stein has said over the course of, of his career where you kind of look back and you go, well, why is this guy not where you would project him to be in terms of overall play? And you start to look at the things that he said and go, oh, I wonder if that is part of the reason why. Actions, of course, speak louder than words. And Jordan Poole, no matter what he said tonight or what he says down the road, we know that even though he struggled, he has played very hard. So that's more important than whether he calls basketball a hobby or an activity or not. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, it's Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We're going to hear from Amari Spellman. We've also got your call of the game. And, and Steve Kerr said something about Draymond Green hmm. tonight that we should uh, point out and get into a little bit as well. As uh, We're here until 9 o'clock. It's J.D. and Whitey on 95.7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. It's 122-105, the final Miami. They beat the Warriors tonight. Golden State now 4-16. and Miami, they improved to 13-5. and uh, Call the game coming up momentarily, Whitey. Uh, I do want to get, though, to something that Steve Kerr said during 
the network portion of the post-game show. Of course, uh, Tim Roy and Jim Barnett and R.C. Davis, they all do a tremendous job on the network portion before we come on here on 95.7 The Game. And uh, Steve Kerr in his meeting with the media in Miami, he said something about Draymond Green I wanted to touch on. Well, the first couple of games, he, he's been on a minutes restriction. We, I don't think we announced anything, but uh, we've purposely kept him under uh, 24, I think. And tonight, obviously, when the game got out of hand, I took him out. But um, you know, if the game were, were more competitive, we would have left him in late. So 19 minutes for Draymond Green would have been maybe closer to that 24-25 minute mark again if the game had been a little bit closer down the stretch. But uh, Draymond on a on a minutes restriction right now. Makes sense based on what we know about his previous injury. And we know he's had so many injuries just this year, but heel soreness. So that's all the Warriors are saying about that. But obviously, if you're playing basketball, a sore heel doesn't get better unless you stop playing so much basketball. So on the one hand, it could be as simple as that. On the other hand, part of this year is about making sure that uh, you don't wear Draymond out when the team's probably going to be losing a lot of these games anyway. Want to make sure he's as ready to go as he can be when next year rolls around. Uh, Max in Palo Alto, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Max, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hi, J.D. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just uh, wanted to ask you about our first quarter lose. Uh, we've been like struggling on the first quarter, not only on this game, but so many other games like the last game. So is there a way we could start some other big man instead of uh, Willie Cauley-Stein? That's my first question. The second question is, isn't it a good idea to keep Alex Burke and not trade him away because I hear all the news about him being uh, traded later? But he's a very good scorer. Seems like he can get to the bucket. So, isn't it good for us to keep uh, Alex Burks in the roster for the next year too? Yeah, Max. I, I'm. I've actually leaned more toward wanting to keep Alec Burks. Uh, and, and I know it, you're thinking, well, do you get a second round pick? Is there some way you need to trim some money to be able to uh, free up a spot for Kai Bowman? If you traded Alec Burks for a future pick, his salary would come off the books. I, I like Alec Burks on this Warriors team. I really like Alec Burks on next year's Warriors, but it may be one of those scenarios where it makes sense to trade him at some point, put him in a winning situation, and then have an opportunity to maybe bring him back in the offseason as somebody that would probably be in a similar position as this year where he'd be looking at a veteran minimum kind of a contract. Also this year you got him because of that situation, right? He was going to go to Oklahoma City. He ends up on a veteran's minimum. It's um doesn't seem like a stretch to me to suggest he's going to be getting more money than that next year. I would trade him now if you could. You might not want to spend as much money on him next year as you would have to. Let, let's get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Astros try to fight his way through. Hand off the pool. Behind the back in traffic. The call he's tied for a right-handed duck. What a pass by Jordan Poole. My word, that's something I haven't seen from him. Nobody's seen that. That was beautiful. That was Jason Kidd, Jason Williams line. All right, so know the call of the game tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game with us, 9.30, Warriors this week. Yeah, make sure to tune in tomorrow morning if you can correctly identify that call that we just played. You'll win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile the best deal in wireless. Uh, The caller's point about maybe making a change at the center spot, if it's going to happen, it it might happen when Kevon Looney comes back. Exactly. Yeah, and you pointed out that in the first quarter of games following wins, 
The Warriors have been outscored in the first quarter of games following wins. 158 to 80. Not good. 158 to 80. No, not good. Let's uh, go to Raider Debater. Raider Debater, you're on 95.7 The Game on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on, J.D. and Whitey, man? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, what's up, man? Thanksgiving. Hey, how's it going? Um, So, I'm going to have to vehemently disagree with the both of you guys right now. Most Warrior fans that say to trade D'Lo and that he doesn't fit with Steph and the team. I think he's the piece that keeps the Warriors' engine churning for the next couple of years. J.D., yourself, you yourself said that going into the season that the Warriors needed a combo guard. D'Lo is that combo guard that the Warriors need. He's 6'5", he's young. Let's face it, this is not PlayStation. The core Warriors basketball years are on the downslope right now. The core Warriors, their their basketball years are on the downslope. Dre, Clay, and Steph are all injury-prone right now. D'Lo is a guard that's an unselfish scorer, the prototype Warriors player. He would definitely mess with Clay in the second unit, in the second corner when they would come in. In 10 games, he's averaging 24 points and 7 assists, 4 rebounds. In comparison, a player that I believe is the piece that's holding the Warriors back and needs to be traded is Draymond Green. He's averaging 9.7 rebounds and 6 assists. So with D'Lo, Steph at the guard, Clay, and let's say we trade for Harrison Barnes, that's averaging 16 points right now. Looney, insert high draft pick. Man, the league better watch out for the Warriors next year, man. Thanks for taking Thanks, Raider Debater. I, Thanks, I just Raider don't debater. see it. I like if D'Angelo Russell, if D'Angelo Russell was going to be your sixth man, that'd be one thing. I just don't like him and Curry and Clay as you know. That's your one, two, three. I just I don't like that. Yeah, where um, I would respectfully disagree with Raider Debater, and I appreciate his call. Hope he's having a great holiday. He says uh, D'Angelo Russell's a prototypical Warrior player. To me, he's not just because yeah. he doesn't defend. And I'm not saying you got to get rid of that guy. And, no one's and saying and get rid of him. He's terrible. I just think you could get things for him that would fit with what you're doing better and help you more. Exactly. And hey, we'll we'll continue this conversation tomorrow sure. as we'll be on with Warriors this week. All right. Uh, thanks to Ryan Mouser. Thanks to Alex Scott. Thanks to Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. The Heat beat the Warriors tonight, 122 to 105. We are back tomorrow, 9 a.m. right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.